from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. We've got a different background there. There we go. That's the right one. All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. There we are. We're we're live. All right. Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, now X, Twitch, and Rumble. Good morning, everyone. Tuning in 9 a.m. Eastern. We bring you the latest on cybersecurity news on this morning's program, and we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, last few days have been, um, been been a little crazy. Uh, essentially, we recorded the show on Thursday, and then I think everything kind of went crazy, and we'll get right into that here in just a moment. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Catch us there as well. And now, without further ado, let me grab my delicious nutritious highly caffeinated monday morning juice this is my double espresso coffee cup cheers y'all give me something better than an espresso on a monday morning put it in the comments i'll wait to see let's kick off this morning's show with okta not exactly having the best few years now uh, i've said okta's name more times than i'd like to on the show for those who don't know okta is an identity and access management firm they're really one of the largest in the industry. Uh, and a security notice from Okta security chief David Bradbury said the company found adversarial activity that leveraged access to stolen credentials to access the support case management system. The threat actor was able to view files uploaded by certain Okta customers as part of the recent support cases, cautioning that the stolen data includes sensitive cookies and session tokens for additional attacks. Within the course, Okta support will ask customers to upload a HTTP archive file, which allows for troubleshooting of issues by replicating browser activity. Okta has worked with impacted customers to investigate and has taken measures to protect customers, including the, the, revoc the revocation of embedded session tokens. So Okta has, has been a major target for many, many threat actors, and there's uh, quite a reason for it, by the way. Um, there's an actual reason for it. Um, and, and here it is. Identity is everything. I've said it many a times. Identity is the new endpoint. If I can go after your identity, I can essentially leverage that to go anywhere I want in your environment. That's a hundred percent true. It's not only a hundred percent true. It's a thousand percent true. If you're in the identity game, threat actors are going to come after you. And when they do come after you, they're going to go after you in every single way possible. And so you have to be perfect. I'm not saying Okta isn't, but Okta is a target and they've got a big, big target on their back. So they have to start taking their internal security and processes to a different level. They can no longer afford to be a, 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 another company. They have to be NSA level type security. They really, really do. And I love Okta. I'm an Okta customer, right? Like they do great, great work. They're an unbelievable tool to help us manage identities. But also these types of attacks are, look, the, the, twice that they've targeted Okta, they've targeted their lower level, lower level help desk people, twice. Two out of the four different incidents we've seen. There's a trend. 
where we're not investing as much in our lower level help desk people. And you have to start asking yourself that question because we see it at MGM. We're now seeing it at Okta. We're seeing it in other places. What's it all about? And we've got to focus there. We've got to change the processes. We've got to find a way to take away the advantage that these threat actors have. Some of it is process related. Don't have them call a phone number. Have them fill out a ticket. Once a ticket comes in, only have the help desk call a number they know. A number that's associated through HR to that employee. I mean, that, that's one way of, of mitigating that risk. Number two, when calls come in, add additional verification measures. Um, maybe maybe a pop-up, maybe send an email to the user, uh, send them a text message to a phone number you have on file, something along those lines to validate the users. You've got to be able to validate your, your, your users before Help Desk is able to give support. That's really, really significant. So we'll see how Okta comes out of this. Okta said that uh, the attackers use lateral movement and defensive evasion methods. It hasn't shared information on the threat actor itself or what their ultimate goal was, but... We don't, we don't have to be uh, rocket scientists to realize that they're going after Octus customers. They're just trying to find a way in, and then how can they leverage it? They may have not even gone to the right customer they were going after, but Octa was the springboard to get there. So Cisco had a zero day. Y'all remember last week, this was huge. Everyone was talking about it. There were around 50,000 Cisco uh, iOS XE devices that were available. Well, we're now down of just a few hundred. Um, and, and it's either people are patching them or something's wrong. I'm going to say people are patching it. That's I, I want good news on a Monday. I need good news on a Monday. Here we go, y'all. People are patching it. That's what I'm saying. That's my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> a critical SolarWinds RCE bugs enabling unauthorized network takeover. SolarWinds access control contained five high-severity and three critical severity security vulnerabilities that needed to be patched yesterday. Eight newly discovered vulnerabilities in the SolarWinds access right manager tool, the ARM tool, includes three deemed to be critical, could open the door for attackers to gain the highest level of privilege in any unpatched system. SolarWinds occupied a uniquely sensitive place. We obviously all know this. So admins uh, should take note that on Thursday, Trend Micro Zero Day Initiative revealed a series of high and critical rated vulnerabilities. Dustin Childs, heads of threat awareness at the CDI, explains that the most severe of these bugs could allow or would allow a remote unauthenticated uh, attacker to execute arbitrary code at level at system level that could completely take over an affected system. While we did not look like uh, at exploitability, the potential of these vulnerabilities is as bad as it gets. Again, a lot of times these researchers will, will throw something out there saying this is really bad, et cetera. We get it. There's multiple CVEs here, 2023, 35181, 35183, 35183, 35183, 35183, um, in each case, the proper validation, there's a new version of arm that was pushed out 2023.2.1. And that was pushed out on Wednesday. Please make sure to patch immediately. QNAP for their end is taking down a server behind widespread brute force attacks. QNAP took down a malicious server used in the widespread brute force attacks, targeting the internet exposed NOS devices with weak passwords. The Taiwanese 
uh, vendor detected the attacks on the evening of October 14th and with assistance from DigitalOcean, took down the command and control server used to control a botnet for hundreds of infected systems within two days. So again, good guys coming together. Within 48 hours, they successfully identified the source of the server and in collaboration with the cloud service provider, DigitalOcean, took measures to block it and preventing the situation from escalating any further. It also provided detailed instructions on how to implement defensive measures in its security guide, disable the admin account, set strong passwords for all users' accounts, avoid weak passwords, update QNAP NOS firmware and apps to the latest versions, install and enable the Q firewall application, and utilize my QNAP Cloud Links relay service to prevent your NOS from being exposed to the internet. There are bandwidth requirements or specific application necessitating, necessitating port forwarding. You should avoid using the default ports of 8080 and 443. The attacks occurred over the weekend. That's when a lot of threat actors, by the way, like to do these type of brute force attacks because they realize there's not a lot of staff there. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on, so they think they can get away with it. Um, apparently, this time it didn't work for them. The D.C. Board of Elections is now saying that the attackers may have reached their entire voter role. This was a story we talked about early uh, this month with the D.C. Board of Elections saying they experienced a data breach. We now know that the, the entire voter role may have been exposed. It contains a wide range of PII, including driver's license number, date of birth, partial social security numbers, and contact information such as phone numbers and emails. The data net system could not pinpoint if or when this file may have been accessed or how many, if any, voter records were accessed for that but out of abundance of caution, they're reaching out to all registered voters, letting them know uh, that they'll be engaging Mandiant to help with all of this. So this incident has taken place, but um, according to dark websites, ransomed VCs claiming the recent security breach led to the theft of more than 600,000 lines of voter data. They've successfully been, been, uh, penetrated. The District of Columbia's Board of Elections have acquired over 600,000 lines of USA voters. Um, there as well this information is still available for sale and if you're asking yourself what would be why would they attack these what what do they get out of this voter roll are they going to steal the election no but you can definitely influence it you can definitely launch campaign you can sell this data to the chinese the russian the iranians anyone who wants to influence an election you have their email address you got their phone number, so you can text them uh different stories you can add them to different email accounts um, you can really feed them with a lot of disinformation and misinformation. You can really influence how someone votes. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of questions around that in the 2020 uh, uh, election and also in 2016. So uh, th this is no different. We're headed towards a presidential election. Uh, literally, uh, we're, we're almost 12 months away uh, from the time all Americans go to the polls and vote for the next president as well as you know Congress and Senate. So nonetheless this is significant because when you don't keep your voter roll they know who people are voting for they know um they obviously have party affiliation they've got your email they've got your phone number that's a lot of mis and disinformation that can happen to those voters and those voters need to be educated now will the dc board of election do that i doubt it but uh if you are in the dc area and you are a victim of this breach just be mindful of that we'll try to remind y'all as we get closer to election season an Iran-linked uh, hacking group, Krampus, has spent eight months inside a compromised network of a Middle Eastern government, according to Broadcom's Semantic Cybersecurity Unit. 
These guys are tracking APT 34, also known as Helix Kitten and Muddy Water. God, how many names! So, uh, APT 34 and Muddy Water engage in espionage operations to support the objectives of the terrorist Iranian government. As part of the recently identified attack, they lurked between February and September in the compromised network of a government of a Middle Eastern country, stealing data and credentials and deploying malware on multiple systems. The attack started on February 1st. With the execution of a PowerShell script on a single system, malicious activity started on a second compromised system a few days later, and in a web server towards the end of February and April, the attacker started executing commands on a domain controller. As part of the attack, Krambus installed a PowerShell backdoor, the Power Exchange, which can access Microsoft Exchange servers using hard-coded credentials to monitor for emails sent by attackers and execute PowerShell commands. Additionally, the attackers used the network administration tool Plink to set port forwarding rules and enable access via RDP and modified firewall rules to ensure remote access. So uh, Iran, you know, being what they are. And in some other news here, the Jerusalem Post is showing a report that one in four social media accounts that are discussing and supporting Hamas right now is actually a terrorist bot that's over 40,000 fake social media accounts that are trying to make you believe that Hamas is humane, strategic, and justified. Um, this is coming from Sayabara, Saibra, uh, an Israeli social media threat intel company. The vast amount of the data was scrapped, compiled, and analyzed by the company's platforms uh, and, and backs it up. The company uses semi-supervised machine learning and AI in order to uh, observe, detect, and flag social media accounts throughout the internet. Last year, they made headlines when it was hired by Elon Musk to determine the number of bots on Twitter, finding that 11% of all accounts on the popular platform were fake. Following the Hamas terror attacks, uh, we've seen a lot of social media disinformation. So now they're saying that one out of four of these accounts is actually a bot. And so there's that. So they've got a whole process to it in the show. The link is in the show notes. You guys can read more about their process. But nonetheless, just keep in mind, misinformation, disinformation, a very real thing, especially now uh, in the attempt to try to win hearts and minds, as one would argue. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more right here at 9 a.m. Eastern on your favorite social media platform like YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, now X, Twitch, Rumble, and Facebook. You can also find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till then, have a great rest of your day, y'all, and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.